the effort just hasn't been there. I think they just expected that since they did last year, they could just walk through the East and get, you know, a playoff spot this year. But everyone in the East got better, and they're the ones that were regressing, and they're the ones... Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, January 12th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you will not miss an episode. For all my podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple. Um, that will definitely get the numbers up. And as for the Spotify, Anchor, and Podbean listeners, just continue to show, to show your support in any way possible. That would be highly, highly appreciated. I have an awesome show lined up for you guys today. We're going to be talking about things that are just going on in the NBA, including another Ben Simmons trade rumor. Surprise, surprise. And also just other stuff going on going on in the NBA. But the main focus of this podcast is going to be making my predictions for the All-Star Reserves. As well as kind of discuss my wish list for All-Star Saturday Night. Because that's still part of the All-Star festivities. I'm going to talk about kind of my dream participants for the dunk contest slash my realistic ones. But yeah, it's going to be a really action-packed episode. Thank you guys for the support again um, throughout 2021 going into 2022. Started the new series on TikTok as well. Trying to create the best possible. Um, trying to create kind of an NBA 75 thing like going to each decade. Using the filter again. All that good stuff. You can go check that out. And, yeah, just really enjoying my time um, creating content and just watching some great basketball because there definitely have been a lot of that recently. I'm going to kind of slow down a bit because the school is coming up soon again, but um, I'm going to do my best to still produce content and, you know, still try to entertain you guys, try to still stay on this pod grind. But, yeah, it's an awesome show lineup for you guys today. Again, thank you guys for all the support. And without further ado, let's just get right into it. So sit back, relax, and let's jump into the first topic. And, look... I know I said before, I'm done talking about Ben Simmons trade rumors. I've been talking about Ben Simmons trade rumors since August. We've been talking about all this, and even the possibility of him being traded before August. So this is basically what? Been six months now. But there is another development in the Ben Simmons trade saga. And that is the possibility of Ben Simmons going to the Atlanta Hawks. Now this is reported because, um, you know... All the stuff that's going on in Atlanta right now, they are currently in the 12th seed in the East, um, which is very, very disappointing compared to what they just accomplished in the year prior. They were the number five, it was the number four or five seed, and they made all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Trey Young playing at such a high level, John Collins really showing out, earning that max extension, or like near max extension, what was it, like five years, 125. And that entire team from top to bottom, very, very deep, and they really showed out last year. But this year, it's really been like a whole different story. I talked about the Hawks last year and kind of, not last year, but the last week and talked about how they're really just like regressing on all assets and all facets. Sure, the offensive rating is there, but that's highly, highly deceiving because once Trae Young is off that court, it's just, it's just a completely different story. And the defensive rating is in the bottom three right now. They are currently ranked 28. So yeah, the Hawks, very disappointed this season. And honestly, adding Ben Simmons to the Hawks is just gonna like is gonna help raise their um, floor and ceiling 
Ben Simmons, no matter what you think about him, he is still an all-world defender. He is a fantastic playmaker. He's going to help out on the offensive end, of course. But especially in the defensive end with the defensive ceiling. Because what the Hawks are really doing right now, I mean, there's them at the 28th defensive rating. But if you just like watch the games, it's a really just an effort thing. And I didn't. I, th- I think I mentioned this last week. I wasn't sure, but Trey Young saying the tone early on the season, saying like I'm kind of bored of the regular season. I think really set like a bad tone for the Hawks because the effort just hasn't been there. I think they just expected that since they did last year, they could just walk through the East and get you know a playoff spot this year. But everyone in the East got better, and they're the ones like regressing, and they're the ones who were the surprise team last year. So making a move is definitely going to be a possibility. Now. What would the Hawks have to give in return? Cam Reddish is obviously going to be in the deal. He has been in trade rumors for, what, the last few months or so. He's been showing out for sure, and I think he's showing a lot of promise. But at the same time, when you have Trey Young and John Collins on the books, you want him to either really establish himself as that third star, or you want to bring in someone who's a bit more reliable, a la Ben Simmons. But another aspect here that really like changed this up um, and really made this a real possibility was... John Collins, for the second year in a row, complaining about his role. Now, if you remember last year, in the midst of the whole Lloyd Pierce situation, John Collins wasn't um, happy with his role, and he thought that he could do more for the team, and he felt like Trey Young kind of had tunnel vision and really wasn't giving him the opportunity. Well, it worked out really well in the playoffs. He looked great, especially on the defensive end, and the whole team was really clicking. And this season's kind of been... A repeat of that. Sure, they have a... Like, at this point last year, I think they had a worse record than they had this year. But John Collins is complaining about his role, even though he's got the big contract now. And this, the Hawks are really going to think about, is it a possibility? I mean, John Collins can't even be traded until, I think, Saturday because he signed a um, an extension with the, with the team. But is it a real possibility to trade him? Because John Collins is a good player. Don't get me wrong about that. But he is like a solid, reliable player. I don't think he's going to reach all-star level status. He may make one or two in his career. We'll have to still wait and see. But he is a good glue guy. A good number three. And if trading him for Ben Simmons, even though I think that you're going to lose a lot. Not not a lot, but of course you're going to lose a spacing and all that. It does improve the ceiling of the team. It'll make their defensive ceiling a little bit higher. Hopefully that'll make him at least average. And of course, in the offensive end, he can create for him, like, like for himself, at least gain to the paint and also create a lot for others. So, a possibility of a Cam Reddish John Collins deal going to the Hawks definitely could be a possibility. But another aspect we have to look at with this trade is that reports now coming from the Athletic is that they want to package Tobias Harris in the Ben Simmons deal, which, you know, fair enough. He's making a bunch of money. And along with that bunch of money, he is not playing like a max level player. And they don't all want to be paying a like a late 20s, early 30s Tobias Harris like near $40 million, which is completely fair. Now, when people saw the report, they're going to be like, wow, how on earth is the Hawks going to take the $40 million Ben Simmons contract and like what, the 30 something million dollar Tobias Harris contract? Let's be honest, this is not going to be both of them going to the Hawks. It's probably going to be a situation where both of them are going to be end up ending up on different teams. There's going to be either a three or four team trade. I don't know. But at the same time, I think if the Hawks are present this opportunity, I mean, obviously, if you if, if it's possible not to include John Collins and maybe throw in like a Cam Reddish, a Danilo Gallinari, just a bunch of their role players to get Ben Simmons, 100% do it and kind of have that big three. 
But honestly, that's going to be a very hard possibility to do so, especially with the way that Amori is kind of holding out for that elite level player. And although John Collins maybe it's not exactly what Amori is looking for, that's as close as the Hawks are going to get to making this deal done. So if there's if it really comes down to tooth or nail, tooth and nail, John Collins and Cam Reddish, kind of the centerpiece of options to get Ben Simmons, I would do it. I would do it. I still think Ben Simmons has the potential to be a top 25 player. He's really just sitting at home doing nothing right now. And I think, like, he can really, like, at least improve the floor, the, the ceiling of this team. And, yeah, I mean, this Ben Simmons saga has been going on for far too long. So many teams could use him. I mean, there are rumors about the Kings maybe possibly wanting him. Um, the potential of maybe trading him to a team like the Knicks, potentially trading him to a team... I don't know. There's a lot of teams that could use a Ben Simmons. And I'm hoping within this next month, the trade deadline is like basically a month away. Hopefully, we could see a deal done. But Moore is going to have to lower his price, man. He's going to have to lower his price. And this feels like a constant, you know, a reoccurring theme here. But yeah, the saga continues. Is this a potential trade to, um, to finally move Ben Simmons? We'll have to wait and see. And really, the other thing is like, where are you going to trade Tobias Harris? <laughs> like... Dallas possibility. I don't know. Think of um, maybe they need another shot creator next to Doncic. The Denver Nuggets. I don't know how much they're willing to give up for Tobias Harris. I don't know, but it's gonna be interesting to see if this actually goes through. Especially because I know one last point before we move on to the other parts. I mean, Joel Embiid right now is playing at an absolute like he's playing at an MVP level. Especially over these last ten games, he's like I think averaging over thirty something points a game, basically ten rebounds. This guy is looking like an absolute monster. You don't want to waste this year, especially because you don't know when those injuries are going to come up again. You really have to take advantage of a like the highest level of Joel Embiid. So let's see if the 76 can get this deal done and at least maybe put themselves in the conversation for maybe making it to the finals once again. Let's go on to the other news going on around the league. Let's start off with some good news. Two guys um, signing with um, their teams after signing 10-day contracts. They're going to be signed for the remainder of the season. The first one being Lance Stevenson. Um, the Pacers signed him to a 10-day contract, and he absolutely stole the hearts of Pacers fans once again. I mean, he was already a fan favorite, but then this guy was just putting up highlight play after highlight play. And in his first game back, I think like he had like 20-something, like, like in his first or second game back, he had like a 20-point first quarter, which is absolutely insane. In 2021, Lance Stevenson having a 2020, uh, sorry, a 20-point first quarter. There was that happening. There's a 14 assist game happening in a win. It has been the best move that the Pacers made all year, and it really just brought some juice back to the organization. So him signing for the whole year, I mean, they still might be wanting to do, do the trade with the Sabonis deal. The Miles Turner deal might still be looming. But having Lance Stevens in there just at least injects a little bit of fun in this team, and I'm glad he's able to stick around because, you know, Lance Stevenson is just a fun personality in the league, and the league is just better when Lance Stevenson is around it. Another team that actually signed one of their 10 days to the remainder of the season, the Phoenix Suns, um, re-signed Biz Mac Biombo, and he's going to sign for the remainder of the season. Obviously, he came in because JaVale McGee and DeAndre Aiden are both in health and safety protocols. And all I got to say is this is, all I have to say about this is that CB3 makes every bagel good. I mean, DeAndre Aiden having a career year 17-11. Chris Paul still leading the league in assists, by the way. Um, great year for DeAndre Aiden. JaVale McGee is becoming one of the best backup centers in the league. And, and Chris Paul is just setting him up on lobs and just, like, certain, like, things around the paint. I mean, watching that Raptors game versus them yesterday, JaVale McGee hit, like, two or three hook shots. I mean, he just has the all the confidence in the world on the Phoenix Suns. 
And then Bismack Biyombo, even when he was with the Suns, I think he was averaging like near 10 points per game, maybe over it as a starting center. I mean, Chris Paul just knows how to get these guys involved. He is like the perfect point guard to pair with these like rim running bigs. And he's getting them paid. So congratulations to Biyombo for being in the league. Obviously, he had that run with the Raptors, which was very memorable for us Raptor fans back in 2016. It's good to see him on a team. Um, yeah, and he played a couple minutes yesterday against us, but I'm glad to see Bismack won a team because he can still, you know, block shots. He still is, like, a good rim protector, so great to see him with the Suns. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies, and I talked a lot about John Morant last week, but they still haven't lost since then right now, and last night, defeating the Golden State Warriors and Clay's second game back, John Morant just having, like, a fantastic game once again, finishing with 29-8-5, and and the Grizzlies have won 10 straight. The Grizzlies have won 10 straight games, which is absolutely crazy, and that puts them, I think, right with the Jazz for number three in the West. They're only three and a half games behind the Suns and the Warriors, which is absolutely crazy. Like, looking at this team, I mean, if you remember my season pre- previews before the season, I had them as kind of the surprise team this year, kind of like the Hawks last year, and I had them finishing at the sixth seed. And now even they're exceeding my expectations. 10-game winning streak, they have a 29-14 and record. And they're and John Morant, I mean, obviously I've been rooting for him all year long, winning most improved, and that whole draw for MIP thing. But this team is legit. This team is absolutely legit. They were like one of the worst defenses in the league um, early on in the season. They're seventh now. They have a top 10 offensive rating. John Morant is absolutely killing it. And what's crazy about this is that they've had plenty of guys come in and out of the lineup. I mean, with John Morant going out, Dylan Brooks going out, coming back in, never really having that concrete rotation. And they're still playing at an absolute high level. John Morant averaging 25 points a game. Dylan Brooks, 18. Desmond Baden is having a career year, averaging 17.5 points a game, becoming their kind of their second option, especially when Dylan Brooks is out. Jaron Jackson Jr., 16 points a game. This team up and down the roster just works. And them turning away Valanciunas, a lot of people thought that they were going to take a step back um, on their team. Especially just making like to the playoffs last year. But that just meant more shots for people like a Desmond Bain, like a John Moran, Dylan Brooks. And that kind of unlocked them more. And I think now that they've got their defense figured out, no one wants to face this team in the first round. Especially with the way that John Moran's playing right now. Absolutely fantastic. And the fact that they're even outperforming my expectations just gives me a lot of hope in this team. I'm really glad to, to see them do well. And just... Watching them is just a fun watch, man. I mean, John Moran hitting that and one over Wiggins last night, talking you know, talking his talk to the crowd. This team is a fun team to watch, and they're not afraid of anyone. They, they take the personality of their leader, and they take it with them every single game. Absolutely fantastic. The Grizzlies winning 10 straight. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's super fun to watch. Um, the Grizzlies are going to be a problem, man. They're going to be a problem for years to come. Next season I want to talk about, and this is some actually unfortunate news. Damian Lillard actually might be out for the rest of the season, and it has to do with that abdom- abdomen injury. Now, if you remember, this has been bothering him since the Olympics. Um, he he explained he was having some sort of um, pain there in the abdomen section. And the fact that it's been carrying on st- until, what is it, January 12th, 2022, and the Olympics were what, in, I think, July, August? It's concerning that the pain is still there, so I think they're looking into it. And a lot of like GMs around the league, and I think there's a report from the Athletic that they actually look, look, might look like Damian Lillard would be out for the year. Now, I think this is a good year to to actually like 
tank with Damian Lillard out of the lineup because obviously you're going to get some there's if you get a top pick a Paolo Banchero a Chet Holmgren a Jalen Duran and all that could be a possibility of coming over which could help really help them but this gives them the opportunity to say you know what this year's a wash let's try and get as many you know at least like some sort of like assets back for a CJ McCollum a Robert Covington a Yusuf Nurkic and stuff like that maybe you could start blowing it up and maybe like try to prepare this team for when Damian Lloyd comes back next year a nice young core um and stuff like that maybe that can look better because right now the the the, the trailblazers they are in the play-in they're 16 and 24 in the 10th spot in the east in the west they're actually like three and a half games behind behind the ninth seed and they're kind of in this race for the 10th seed with the um the spurs kings and pelicans maybe throwing the thunder there you could throw in the thunder but Damian Lillard, I mean, maybe this accelerates him, maybe getting out of Portland. But at the same time, he wants to stay. He wants to get that massive deal. And if you want to like create a, like a space for Damian Lillard to do better and shake things up, this is the perfect excuse you need. 100% the perfect excuse you need. Maybe they still might think of trading him. We'll have to wait and see. But this is a sign. Trailblazers, it's been long enough with this core. You gotta blow it up. And yeah, this has been an absolute disaster season for them. Damian Lord started off the year um, kind of very slow. Kind of picked it up as of late, but now he has the injury. CJ McCollum to collapse long. Hopefully he's like recovering well. They need to blow this up. They really need to blow this up, and hopefully they can have an eye towards the future. But if the, you know, if there's one like you know a silver lining to all this is that Anthony Simons has looked really good in the absence of Damian Lord. He's had like two 30-point games, and they're on a th- on a two-game winning streak, including one win against the Nets. So. Good for him, but yeah, this lower deuce absolutely sucks. But at the same time, maybe this is something that the Trailblazers, like that extra push they need to actually make some moves. Other things that happened in the NBA over over the last week. <clears throat> Gerald Green unretiring. <coughs> Apparently, Jared Green, Gerald Green, who has been an assistant coach for the Rockets <clears throat> this entire season, is unretiring and joining their G League team for a shot at a potential NBA comeback. My only thing for this is that it's great to see him back. I mean, my my biggest memories of Gerald Green are actually like in a video game, NBA 2K. I thought he was an absolute beast, especially in the early 2Ks, like NBA 2K 12, 13, 14. He was an absolute beast there. So it's great to see him back in the league. And the thing is, like with everyone getting these 10-day contracts, and I think I saw like a stat yesterday where 110 different players have got 10-day contracts, which is absolutely crazy. Gerald Green's probably looking at the landscape saying, you know, if I can get a um, a 10-day contract here, potentially get a contract for the rest of the season, it's my last big payday. So he's trying to take advantage of that, which is absolutely fine, but it, which is absolutely good. I mean, a lot of people are taking advantage of this. The Greg Monroe's of the world, Lance Stevenson, um, players that hasn't been in the league in a while are getting their chance here. Brandon Knight has was on a 10-day. It's good to see that, and, you know, kudos to Gerald Green for trying to come back into this. Um Hopefully he can find a team and hopefully he can get that, you know, that last payday before he really officially calls it quits. A trade happened this week that was very minor, but I know a lot of people were talking about it because it included a very, like, not well-known, but, like, a prospect where a lot of people have a lot of hope for. It's Bull Bull. It's Bull Bull. He got traded to the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Rodney Magruder and a future Nets second-round pick. He gets a chance there in Detroit. Um, hopefully actually get a chance because he does have, like, a potential skill set that can, like, really help a team. But I really thought about this, and I think, like, I was off, like, I was on the Bobo train a lot, like, two years ago in 2020, and I'm like, this guy could possibly, like, if someone gives him a chance, could possible, 
really good like starting center, someone who could shoot the three, someone who could handle the ball. There's some stuff there. But what really like really took me off the wagon, at least for the bowl bowl hype train, is that he's been in Denver for like what, two or three seasons now? And even like he hasn't gone plenty of time. You know what? Fair enough. They, this is a really good team. They have championship aspirations. But even this season where they're missing um, P.J. Dozier, no Jamal Murray, they're missing a bunch of guys due to injury, and he still can't get minutes, is an indication to me that, <laughs> like, maybe he's just not that good of a player. I know he has, like, a few of those highlights, um, like, where you kind of, like, he's absolutely amazed with, with a crazy pass, a step back three, some crazy dunk. But being in the league for this long and being in a nugget system where Mike Malone doesn't even want to give him a chance even when there's a bunch of guys out with injury, I mean, these guys know better than us. Maybe Bobo is just not that type of player. And the fact that they got a second-round pick out of him and a potential rotation piece in Rodney McGruder, it's a W for the for the Nuggets. It's a low-risk, low um, like, high-reward thing for the Pistons. It's a good trade for both, but at the same time, I mean... People are like, really excited to see Bobo really get his chance. I, I'm not so sure about that. If he's like, if he hasn't been getting time like this, like over these last few years, maybe it's time to reevaluate him as a player. Maybe he's just not that great. But ho- hopefully he gets a chance. Maybe he does find a home there in Detroit. You know, move to greener pastures. Maybe this is gonna be better for him. Um, a few more things before we move on to the um, All Star Saturday Night wish list. Devin Booker versus the Raptor. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but this happened last night, and I felt like I had to talk to, about this on the pod. D-Book. The Raptors are still with no fans in the arena. I think the only fans is like a few um, family members of the players. If they want to come in, they have a second amount of tickets. But late in this game, Devin Booker was at the free throw line. I think it was like an intentional foul situation. The Raptors were trying to extend the game. He was going to the free throw line. He kind of like kind of botched the first one, but it still goes in. And then he goes to the security, and he's like, hey, move that guy out the way. He, like, he's like, he's really distracting me. And I'm like, oh. In my head, I'm like, okay, so maybe, like, a media member is too close on the court. Maybe, like, he is, like, maybe they're, they're saying something, or, you know, whatever. But you know who it turned out to be? The Raptor. And by the Raptor, I mean the Raptor's mascot. <laughs> the Raptor's mascot doing his job, you know, he's used to hyping up the fans, you know, doing that little thing with the... With the little tube things to try and distract the free throw shooter. He's doing his best because he is the only one there. And Devin Booker is complaining about it? What? I mean, come on, D-Buck. The, the Raptors have no fans at all anyways. Why are you complaining about the one guy trying to distract you? It's just... It was funny to me. It was just extremely funny to me. And then afterwards, the Raptor like actually got told to move by security. He was actually told to move. And I was like, oh, man. Come on, D-Buck. I mean, there's there's that whole thing with the double teaming and and scrimmage and scrimmages and all that. And now the thing with the Raptors, I mean, Devin Booker, do better. The, the, the Raptors have one, like, very little fans in the arena. The the Raptors is trying to do his job. Let him do his job, man. Oh, I mean, I, some people are really going over the top saying I really don't like D-Buck. This is not going to change my really thoughts about him, but still. D-Buck, it ain't that big of a deal. You really shouldn't be... Like, it's the one fan to read it. It's not really that big of a deal. Come on, man. You gotta do better. I really hope the Raptor travels with them to Phoenix so we can actually, he can actually do his thing to try and distract D-Bug at home, which would be pretty, pretty funny. And one last thing before we move on to the All-Star stuff. We're going to be talking about Dirk's retirement ceremony. It was a great ceremony, him returning number one. I mean, his 41 number in Dallas. 
it was a fun ceremony. Of, of course, one of the funny moments that was going around um, social media was Jason Kidd asking him to sign a 10-day contract because everyone's getting 10-day contracts right now. And Dirk is like, uh, no, no, please, no, please. And that's fair. That's completely fair. And it was great to see, like, um, Dirk finally get his moment. Um, one of my favorite players of all time, he was someone, like, when I was younger, I tried to mimic all the time, especially with that one-legged fadeaway. Won that championship in 2011. This guy is just NBA royalty at this point. And is, Kurt, is honestly one of those guys... I talk about Clay Thompson being absolutely beloved by everyone. Dirk is the same way. Everyone loves Dirk. You, it would, it would, you'd find it hard pressed to find someone who doesn't like Dirk. And it was great that he got his honor. It was a very long ceremony. It was like 40 to 50 minutes. But he absolutely deserved it. And I'm glad that he got his recognition from the Mavericks. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer soon. But this is a definitely a fun ceremony. But the biggest thing for me to take away from the ceremony is that statue that Mark Cuban... Um, uh, it's probably to put out in the arena. They had like a little prototype there, and they tried to show it to Dirk. It's him doing the long one like a fadeaway, which obviously that's gonna happen. But what a lot of people are really concerned with, and I'm honestly concerned with too, is the ball that's leaving his hands. I mean, yes, there's one. Okay, uh, there's it was him like of, of course doing the one hand fadeaway, and the ball's in his hands. But they went with the really odd choice of having like the the ball and it's like pathway to the rim. So there's three balls like trying to create the pathway, and a lot of people <laughs> look at it, and I, and I couldn't help but think the same thing. They kind of look like but like anal beads. <laughs> it looks really really odd. Uh, sorry for people who like who like find it really uncomfortable, but they really do. And I'm like, look, man, if you're gonna have a statue like outside of um, the arena for Dirk, 100% do it. I'm all for that. We don't need the three balls. We see the one like a fadeaway. We know exactly what he's doing. You could keep the ball in his hands. It's <laughs> Just, just, just get rid of that. Just get rid of that. That was just, ugh. I, I don't want to see that and have that associated with Dirk. Please, I mean, they have time to change it. They don't have, they haven't started making like the big one yet. So, please, Mark Cuban, please switch it up because that, that is something that we just do not want to see. But yeah, those are all the news in the NBA. Let me know down below um your thoughts on this, and we're gonna move on now to my All Star Saturday Night wish list. And obviously, there's the three um, competitions there: the three-point contest, the skills contest, and the dunk contest. And I'm basically gonna go through and kind of talk about. Hopefully, it's not gonna be too long, but kind of like my dream field for the team. The dunk one, I'm gonna like. I think for the three-point one and the skills one, these are all possibilities because it, like a lot of people are just like, you know what, I'll do it. Why not? But for the dunk contest, some people are saying that they're out, that I want to be in, and stuff like that. So I'm gonna give kind of my dream um, contest for that, but also my more realistic contest. But yeah, for the three-point and skills competition, I, even though like these are like, this it's not something that you really want to see, but you like, it's gonna be most likely gonna happen. Like it doesn't take much to convince these guys to participate in these challenges. And the first one I want to talk about is the three-point contest. And there's usually six guys in the field, and I think that there's a lot of great shooters in this league, and I think that th this could be a really fun field. Okay, so here are my six guys. We have to have the splash players in there. Clay and Steph. Steph won it last year. We need him defending his title, and now that Clay's back in the league, him and healthy, I want like, he's not gonna be part of the All Star game for sure. Let's have him in the three point contest. Have that Splash Brothers competition once again. I think they did it like three or four years ago, which is really fun. And I think Clay got the best of Steph on that one, so it would be nice to see them um, compete again. So those are my two first competitors. The next one I want to see on in this contest this year, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet is having a career year from three. He is, like, hitting ridiculous shots. Like, at some point, like, Steph-level shots um, for Fred Van Vliet. He's, like, 41% from three this season. 
He's been absolutely a joy to watch, and I think that he would be really fun in the all- in the three-point contest. And hopefully he makes the All-Star game too, because that would be a great weekend, at least having a a representative from the Raptors there. Another person I want to see here, Trey Young. Trey Young is an absolute bomber from three, and just him being a part of it with Clay and Steph there, with Fred VanVleet, I think he would be a great addition. He's already a great shooter, so it would be great to see him in this contest. I think the only issue I might have with that is that I think in, he was in the three-point contest in the past and he didn't do that great. I think he's a better kind of like off-the-dribble shooter, but I would like to see him back in the contest. Someone else who I think has won it before and I want to see him back because he is having a career year from three as well, Devin Booker. Devin Booker in the three-point contest would be absolutely fantastic. Sure, he struggled with the Raptors yesterday, and I just kind of like bashed him for complaining about the Raptor, but he is a great shooter. He has a fantastic release. I love watching him shoot. I think he would be a great addition to this contest and it would make it such a, like a good, good field. And the final guy, throw a big man in there. Let's throw in Carl Anthony Towns. He made the claim early on the season saying that he is the best three-point shooting big man of all time. Yes, he said that. So having him in, the, in this contest, you know what? Prove it. Try to win the three-point contest as a seven-footer. It would be great to see it. I still think he'll do pretty well. But it would just be great to see him against all these like smaller guys. I want to see him try to compete in this. So that is my dream three-point field. I mean, the thing, like I said, about the, like, compared to the dunk contest and the skills contest, like, I mean, especially the dunk contest, it's not going to take much guy, uh, much to um, to um, convince these guys to go into three-point contest. A lot, of people, a lot of these guys like to shoot. I think that's something that they um, that fans want to see, too. I think this is, honestly, even though it's my dream field, I think it's also very, very realistic. The skills contest. We're not going to go too long on this. Um, it's basically the four bigs and the four smalls. It's hard to even differentiate them at this point. But here's just the eight guys I want to see in this contest. Nikola Jokic. I think he won it last year or the year before. I want to see him back in this contest. That would be really, really cool. Like, really, really fun. Um, Triple J. Someone who has actually like handled the ball off for the Grizzlies this year. A good passer. I want to see him in this contest. Again, I might be showing a bit of my bias, but I want to see a Raptor there in either Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam. Pick one or the other. They're both like forward slash power forwards and stuff like that. So having them in the contest, I think, would be good. Giannis, I just want to. Say, I'm not sure if he's been there or not. I have to double triple check, but just him and those dribble moves and stuff like that, like just trying to get around the cone and stuff. I think it'd be very interesting. And now that he's like more confident in taking the three point shot. Maybe he can actually compete with those guys for that, like in that final shot part. So that'd be fun. One of the skills challenge legends, I think, should be here as the first guard, Chris Paul. If just keep putting him in, it's really fun. Like he's like he's someone that can really compete with some of these, um, um, with some of these like young guys, and he's won it before, so he definitely has experience. I want to see him back in this contest. Lamelo. I'm not. I am not 100 percent sure if he was in the last year. I just, honestly, this this contest is very, very, um, not very memorable. But I think Lamelo Ball would be a fun addition there. Kate Cunningham, if you want to show some love to the to the to the rookies, have Cade there. He can dribble the ball, a decent passer. I think he would be um, he'd be um, a good addition to the field. And also Shea Gildas Alexander. Um, my the, the biggest question here is that how much people do, does the NBA want to bring to All Star Weekend, especially with the whole Omicron thing happening right now. Maybe they want to limit con- um, contact and have maybe maybe just like a select few guys, especially just guys already there because of the um the All Star um All Star game and the Rising Stars game do it. So maybe convincing someone like Shea is going to be a, an issue, but at the same time, I would like to see him in this field. And he probably would say yes. You know why not? So yeah, Shea goes Alexander is my 
final addition to this to this field. If there's anyone you want to see here, it would be really fun. I mean, obviously there's gonna be some meme ones like a uh, Boban Marjanovic that would be really interesting to see here. But in terms of like good, like actually like good dribbles and passes stuff like that, let me know down below who would you want there. And finally, the dunk contest. The dunk contest is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, last year's was pretty trash. Not gonna lie. I think it was like what Cassius Stanley, um, Obi Toppin, and Anthony Simons. Yeah, it wasn't a great contest. And um, the thing is, there's so many great dunkers, and I want to like. I mean, here's my dream field. This is the thing I want to discuss first because my dream field for this contest would be one Zach Levine. Obviously, he's done it before. He's a great dunker, one of the best dunkers in the league. It would be great to see him back in it. John Morant, I think obviously everyone wants to see him there, wants to see what he could do. But I think he's like made it abundantly clear that he's not, he's never going to join. Aaron Gordon, I think he's just retired from the contest because he's been screwed over too much. So, and Anthony Edwards. And I think this is the only like one kind of realistic one to have there. He's going to be there for the Rising Stars con um, challenge. So him being part of the dunk contest, him having like kind of that repertoire of dunks. I would love to see him in the dunk contest and I think that he would be super down to do it. That's my dream feel, but at the same time, I do think that the three of the four is going to be highly unlikely that he, they're going to join. But I still would kind of, if that happens, I mean, I think everyone would be super duper hype. But if you want to go for the more least realistic one, I do still think there's a big, there's a good chance that Anthony Edwards does join. But if you want to like kind of, um, like have like a decent field and kind of like use people that probably can will say yes to it, one Anthony Simons, Anthony Simons. He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna have to defend his title, right? It's it's always nice if there's a possibility to have someone who won last year defend the title. It's always good. So Anthony Simons, you can come in there. Um, the um, Anthony Edwards, I said already. Even though I think he's part of my dream dunk contest, I think he is the one guy that actually would say yes to this. Someone else, a rookie, I think we could throw in here, Jalen Green. Um, he was known. He's known as an outside shooter, but he has shown some bunnies in the regular season. I think that he is like. I think he would actually like be a lot better dunk contest dunker than he would be an in-game dunker. So I would like to see someone like Jalen Green join, and then Jared Jones Jr. I mean, he hasn't been in the contest for a while. He won it that year. I think the last year where Aaron Gordon got snubbed. Um, it would be great to see him back. I think he still could have a good chance to defend his title. I would like to see Derek Jones Jr. there. I hope it's a really fun contest. I mean, Saturday night, they kind of put, like, the, the Saturday night festivities into the Sunday. And the three-point contest was absolutely fire. The three-point contest never fails to disappoint. And the skill challenge, honestly, was the second most fun event of that um, evening. But the dunk contest, it's always, like, either going to be the best thing of the night or the worst thing of the night. There's no in-between for that. So hopefully we can have a really good contest this year. I think there's a lot of great um, opportunities here, you know, getting a Jalen Green and Derek getting some more exposure, Derek Jones Jr., I think that they could create a really good contest with the people that they have. But yeah, those are my All-Star Saturday night um, um, players I want to participate in the events. Let me know down below if there's anyone else that you want to see in these events. Obviously, this uh, the dunk contest is going to be a lot harder because some people already said no. But if there are any other like Loki dunkers that I haven't even discussed here... You know, put it down. I would like to see, like, I would like to see kind of the next Cash Stanley possibility or something like that join the dunk contest. Let's move on to the final segment of the show. And I talked about earlier on, we're going to be making my picks for the All-Star Reserves. Now, the way I'm going to choose these is the typical ballot. Two guards, three forwards, and two wild cards. So, you know, any positions. We're going to be doing that for the East and the West. 
I'm going to give a small explanation for each of the players and why I think each of them should be on here. And I'm going to tell you, it's been pretty tough. And especially like for both the East and West, there's some guys because of position. I was thinking of adding, but I really couldn't um, because of positions. But that's fine. And we're going to have to work around that. And I think this is going to be really, really interesting because there are a lot of guys you can make the argument for. I'm not. I'm like this is the year I feel like not 100% sure that I'm gonna have the, the exact right picks, but I still think that these are the guys who are most deserving. Just a recap for my for my starters last um, last week they didn't change. Um, Zach Levine uh, starting with the East. Zach Levine at the guard position along with Demar Derozan. Um, in the two in the three four positions we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. Those are staying the same even a week later. In the West, Steph Curry, John Morant, LeBron James, Nicole Jokic, and Rudy Gobert, all of them are staying the same in the West. So those guys who I think are all starting are not going to be included here. If you want to check out my full explanations for my starters, check out last week's episode. And let's get right into this. Last week I started with the West. Let's start with the East this week. And for my first guard position, I already talked about last week, um, James Harden. James Harden, like, like he was already like in my discussions for being a starter, started off slow for sure, but as of like the last you know month or so, he's definitely picked it right back up. Twenty two points a game this season, nine nine point seven assists, second in the league to Chris Paul, eight point one rebounds. The percentages are not there, but James Harden is still James Harden, a big part of the Brooklyn Nets team. He's a perennial All Star. He's gonna get in here. He's just one of those guys where it's like, no matter what, I mean, it's not like he completely fell off and his team is still number, like, what, number one or two in the East. He's still, like, he's in the mix. He's still, like, one of the best players in the league. He's 100% going to make it. Next player I'm going to have here, and you can also make the argument for this guy to make it to the, the starters, Trey Young. Trey Young, I know I was bashing the Hawks earlier, but I'm t- like I said earlier, without Trey Young on the court, this team would be absolute garbaggio. And Trey Young this year averaging 28 points a game, 9.6 assists, 4 rebounds, 45% from the field, 37% from 3, and almost 90% at the line. Putting up ridiculous numbers, and like I said, without the without him, the Hawks would be absolute garbage. Even worse than they are right now. Trey Young is still like one of the best point guards in the league, and he's just going to continue to grow at such a young age. Um, having an, like He's having a better season at this point than he did last year, which he did get snubbed for the All-Star game. So this year... No snubs here. Uh, Trey Young, 100% deserves to be here. Now for the East forwards. This one is actually <laughs> pretty, pretty tough. Because, honestly, I'm not confident in all these picks. But I have to, like, um, really just stick with this. Because you have to have three forwards there. The only, like, 100% lock I have for the forwards position here for the East is Jared Allen. Jared Allen of the, the Cleveland Cavaliers is having a career year. And he... And him being a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have shocked a lot of people, have a have currently the twenty three and eighteen record, number six in the East. He deserves it, especially because this Cavs defense is absolutely elite now. They're like number three in defensive rating. And Jared Allen's having a career year, averaging seventeen points a game, um, eleven rebounds, one point, um, almost two assists, seventy percent from the field, and he's obviously like great at blocks, one and a half blocks a game. He, like, it's going to be, like, it's, he is someone who, like, for the majority of his career was thought of as a rim runner, but he's added more to his offensive game this year, to, to throwing it to him in the post, and he's just a great defensive player, and now his, like, 
his true worth is being shown on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it's he's a great player. He's an absolute great player, and the only time he's missed this year is because of a of health and safety protocols. So he's been relatively healthy um, this year. So yeah, for someone like on like one of the better teams in the East, and they deserve an All Star hundred percent. Give me Jared Allen, especially with the forward position being kind of iffy there in the East. Having Jared Allen there, hundred percent, he deserves it for me. Now. My second almost lock is someone who's having a great year. The only problem is, like, he did, he wasn't held in safety protocols, but he's also missed a lot of time due to injury. And that's Jimmy Butler. Only played 23 games this year, which is just over half. And this year, he's averaging great numbers, 23 points per game, 5.5 um, assists, 6 rebounds, 50% from the field, 87% at the line, 2 steals a game. Jimmy Butler is that guy. And... If he hundred, if he played like honestly like five or six more games, he would be an absolute lock for me. But this ankle injury now, he had the um, butt injury earlier on the season. He's missed a lot of games, and those games are not due to COVID, you know. So, but at the same time, this year because of the whole COVID thing, like injuries, like and like time missed, does mean kind of a bit less to me. And the fact that Jimmy Butler, um, Butler's team is like third in the East right now, twenty-five and fifteen. And Jimmy Butler is still like a huge part of that. I have to put him in. Jimmy Butler is a a all star lock for me. Then for this final four position, and I this is where I wish, um, I like there was like like position like there's no positions on the bench and just have like the seven, you know, reserves. Because here I was like, either J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown should make it. And bef- and while I was making this list, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go Jalen Brown. But if you look at the All-Star ballot, Jalen Brown is a guard. So I'm like, oh, wait, he's not a forward? Damn. So I had to go with Jason Tatum. I had to go with Jason Tatum. I wanted to put Jalen Brown there over him. And there was no chance I was putting two Celtics, especially under 500. They had a pretty disappointing season. And I was like, it's either going to be Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And I just, because I had to, I got to go with Jason Tatum. 25 points a game this year, nine, like eight and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, 42% from the field, 32% from three, 84% at the line. And I want to go with Jalen Brown because he's just been a lot, like, firstly, healthier. Um, he, like, he's been, like, more consistent. And I think, honestly, he's been the better player for them this year, especially because Tatum's efficiency numbers have has, like, dropped down significantly compared to his other years. I mean, I think, no, Jalen Brown has actually played less than Jason Tatum, but at the same time, Jason Tatum has been a lot more disappointing. Um, the Celtics don't deserve two All-Stars whatsoever because of how kind of poorly that they're performing right now. Jason Tatum, though, because it's a forward, I think one of them, him or Brown, should make it. Um, but I'm going to have Jason Tatum in there. He's still, like, a fantastic player, and he's definitely have picked it up as of late, especially like, in the last month or so. The Celtics really need to turn their season around, but this, and Jason Tatum's production is going to be a big determining factor of that. But he's still putting up crazy, crazy numbers, um, and Jason Tatum is still like like a top 15 player in the league. So I have to show him some love either way. Give me Jason Tatum at that final four position. And like I said, if, is it going to be Tatum or Brown? If not, none of them are going to make it. Um, moving on to my two wildcard positions, and this is where it gets interesting. Because honestly, in my opinion, it came down to four guys for me. And two of them are not going to make it. The four guys I have here... Um, and actually, I'm going to talk about the two people that just missed out for me. The first one, Darius Garland. Darius Garland... Um, honestly, you can... 
I think this is like a matter of position again because if I had to ch- choose like between Jared Allen and Darius Garland, I mean I would like Jared Allen in there because you do need some forwards there. But Darius Garland has just as much of a a um, case as out Al- as Jared Allen because um, averaging almost twenty points a game, like seven assists, he's been their most reliable guard all season long. He's a great player. And I think him taking the next step is a big reason why the Cavs have been playing so so well. Darius Garland continues to play at a high level. I think that there's just a lot of guards to choose from, and I think he just misses out for me, which is highly unfortunate. And I think he has just, like, honestly, like, him and this, like, last guy I have here, like, in the wild card position could really, like, you can go back and forth with them. But I just have Darius Garland missing out. The other guy I was thinking about, um, who I probably, who's probably not going to make it, Drew Holiday. Um, Drew Holiday has been absolutely elite on the defensive end this year, 18 points a game as well uh, on the offensive end, almost seven assists, almost five rebounds, 50, like 50% from the field, basically 38% from three, 70% at the line. I think he has a bigger chase than Chris Milton this year. I think he's been the better player than Chris Milton this year. Um, he just misses out as well. Um, Giannis is already in the starting lineup, but having two bucks there, I think like I mean yeah I mean he he definitely deserves it he has a like he definitely is playing at an all star level but again it's just like a problem with just having too many guards in the East to choose from so now going on to my final two wild card, wild card positions the first one and for me someone who I think who I was hoping would make the all star team and I think over the last like ten games or so is really submitting like cementing himself in that race Fred Van Vliet Fred Van Vliet is gonna make it the all star game I'm not even joking here. He's averaging like career high numbers across the board, and his his efficiency has definitely gone up. Twenty two points a game this year. He's averaging um, almost seven assists a game, six point six, five rebounds a game, forty four percent from the field, forty one percent from three, eighty eight percent at the line. Freddie also is a real thing, and him like taking over the Kyle Lowry role and doing it to such a high level is absolutely fantastic. And the one thing holding Fred Van Vliet back, I think, even before this whole Freddie Alter thing was a possibility, especially was that the Raptors record. And now that the Raptors are over 500, yes, they lost to the Suns yesterday, but it was a damn good fight. They're two games over uh, 500, they're eighth place in the East. You can't say that the record's not going to stop Fred Van Vliet because the record is there. And Fred Van Vliet has clearly been the best player for them, putting up career-high numbers everywhere. It was like a it was a it was a dream for sure a couple weeks ago, but now that he's even playing even better, you got that thirty seven point triple double. You have that thirty two point game against the Pelicans to help improve his case. He is for me an all star this year, and and it's like it's something that like I said like a few weeks ago if I said it, a lot of people would like not agree with me, but now that he's like in here and he's actually established himself as the best player in Toronto, and now that the Toronto is like in like a play in spot, top eight spot. He definitely deserves it. He's done so much for this team. And literally, there's a reason why he's like number one in the league in minutes. Because the Raptors are absolutely horrible without him on the floor. So, yeah. Um, Fred Van Vliet, he occupies my first wildcard spot. No no questions there. The second one, it was literally between this guy and Garland. But I got to go with this guy because um, the Charlotte Hornets have actually surprised a lot of people. 22-19 and 19 so far this season. And I think they deserve one all-star. Give me LaMelo Ball. This guy this season has taken a nice step in his game, averaging 19 points a game, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 43% from the field, 38% from 3, 87% at the line. Lamelo Ball is an absolutely fantastic player. He is must-watch TV. One of the big reasons why the Hornets are one of the most fun, to, fun teams to watch um, this season. 
and honestly, like, like he like does it like he does well against like very good teams. He does it like he just like, has been extremely consistent this year and has taken himself to that like near superstar level. Lamelo Ball has just been that good, um, especially over the, like this like past few days. They, they beat the Charlotte Horn uh, the Milwaukee Bucks twice, the defending champions. And Lamelo Ball was a big reason for that. So you could see him perform against the big um, the big dogs in the league and him like putting up just consistent numbers. He's an absolutely fantastic, and although I think that Darius Garland means more to the, um, um, like the um, Darius Garland is more like impactful for the Cavs than Lamelo is for the Hornets, I think that having a Hornet in there is like completely valid, um, for this All Star reserves list. So give me a Lamelo Ball, have one guy from the Cavs and Jared Allen, have one person from the Hornets and Lamelo Ball. I think that's about fair. <laughs> like having like two Cavs in there and having no Hornets for me doesn't like. Kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth. So putting in a mellow ball, I think, is um, for me, is, is, is valid. Is absolutely valid. But if you put Jared Darius Garland there, too, I'm not mad. I'm not mad whatsoever. Let's move on to the West. Let's 100% move on to the West now. And, yeah, this one, I think, was a lot easier than the East. Because there's a lot more people I could have like chosen for the East. I have a couple more honorable mentions, actually, before we move on. Sabonis was thinking about him, but... The Pacers, kind of trash record, and, you know, Sabonis has done this every year, but they're not playing well. And then Bradley Beal, I mean, he's having a good season, but I think, like, him playing well and, like, the, the, the Wizards really going down the standings is kind of emblematic of what um, Beal's time there with the Wizards is. Um, I might get some hate for that, but, you know, Bradley Beal's still putting up good numbers. I mean, he started off slow, but he's getting better now. But um, seeing that the Wizards record's going down, is I don't know, that could be an indicator or something. <laughs> You could you could take out that information as you will, but moving on to the West, um, I think this one's a bit easier. Again, with the guard situation, I think it's um, a bit tough, and I had some forwards, problem with the forwards as well. But I'm still pretty confident in this list. Let's get right into it. Starting off with the first guard this season, give me Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell um, playing for a a a Utah Jazz team, number three in the. Number three in the West right now, and they are currently the best offense in the league by far. Still a very good defense. It's kind of dropped off lately because Rudy Gobert has not been there, so the defensive rating has definitely gone down. But Donovan Mitchell having a fantastic year, 26 points a game, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, and his efficiency is getting a lot better from his earlier years. 45% from the field, 35% from three, 88% from the free throw line. He's a very good player. He is the focal point of the Utah Jazz offense, and... Them being number one in the league um, in, in offensive rating. Them being a top three seed in the West. Warrants them to have another uh, player there. And Donovan Mitchell being one of the best guards in the West 100% this year. He's a very good player. And I think people like really underrate him. Especially in discussion for the best shooting guards in the league. He's definitely in the mix. but he And he's 100% making this list. He is my first guard. My second guard. Man, we're talking a lot about Suns players today. Because we're talking about Devin Booker. Devin Booker, for me, is someone who 100% has to be in the All-Star game this year. No snubs, no nothing. Devin Booker is used to that, but this year, he 100% deserves it. 22 points per game, 4.5 assists, 5.5 rebounds, 44% from the field, forty, almost 41% from three. And the biggest development for his game is that he's not taking as many shots um, as he has in previous years. Um, he's becoming more of a, um, like he's more comfortable facilitating the basketball. And now he has a reliable three-point shot at almost 41% on the season. I mean, that's elite now. We know Devin Booker was a good shooter, but the 
kind of the percentages really didn't like fall in his favor. But he's taking a big jump this year, and I think that is a big reason why um, like he's become more of a catch and shoot player because he's become just more reliable in that aspect. I mean, if you look at his three-point percentage from the fast pass, I mean, he had 30% in his third season. But obviously, it wasn't as like in as many attempts. Now he's averaging like what six cents per game, and he's shooting like almost forty one percent. A lot better for Devin Booker, and he hundred percent deserves to be here. Sun's best record in the league, my second best record in the league at this point. Give me Devin Booker to be my second guard. Now the forwards, the forwards again, definitely, definitely like a lot of chores you can go here. My one um, lock for sure is Draymond Green. And it's funny because Draymond Green had, does not have double digits in any of the assists, rebounds, or points category. But his impact goes beyond the stats. And that's the something you hear about Draymond Green over and over and over again. Because it's just true. Draymond Green, one of the best... Like, he makes that Warriors team work. On the offensive end, he sets everything up. He knows, like, how to get Clay and Steph in the best positions. And he is the defensive anchor on that team. Now, like, like I said, the stats are nowhere close to all-star level, for sure. But people who know basketball, people who watch the best teams, know that Draymond Green, like there's no one like him in the league. Someone who is so like impactful on both ends. Kind of the focal point of both in the sense where he's the one setting everything up for the offense. He like he's telling everywhere like everyone what to do on the defensive end. His impact goes beyond the numbers. And that's what the story of Draymond Green's career. And he 100% deserves to be in this year, especially being like the, the front runner for me for defensive player of the year. He occupies my first four position. Now, this next position, and the next four position, I have someone who actually has like a definitely like one of the best um, four seasons in the West. My only issue with him is that he's missing a lot of games as well, and we don't know like when he's going to return or if he will return by the All Star game. And that's Paul George. Twenty six games um, games played this year, twenty four almost twenty five points per game this year, seven rebounds, five and a half assists, forty two percent from the field, thirty two percent from three, eighty eight percent at the line. <laughs> He kind of has a Jimmy Butler case. I mean, both have, like, um, Jimmy Butler has played 23 games this year. Paul George has played 26. They're kind of, like, right there for me. But at the same time, I think Paul George has, especially early on this season where he was absolutely on fire, him playing that well earlier on is really carrying him to for another All-Star appearance. And he's been in the All-Star game, like, what, every, like, basically, every, like, most, like, especially, like, recently, like, like year after year. Like, he just become a staple on the All-Star te- team. And especially if he's, like, ready to play um, for the All-Star game, he 100% deserves to be in there. He 100% too. Still a great defensive player, leading the, the Clippers um, early on the season to a good good, good record. I think they got him up to, like, 6th or 5th in the West. Hopefully he comes back soon, but I think he's done just enough. Like I said, injuries stuff, like, don't really matter as much to me this year as, as in previous years. So give me Paul George at that second forward position. My last forward... This is definitely interesting because if Anthony Davis didn't get injured, this could have possibly went to Anthony Davis. But even still, he was having a disappointing year. And honestly, I like this guy's performances um, this year compared to Anthony Davis. So give me Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns has the um, the Timberwolves at the number 9 seed this year. And he's having a fantastic season, averaging 24.6 points per game, almost 4 assists, 9 rebounds a game, 51% from the field, 42% from 3, 81% at the line. And then steal in a block game. I mean, he's not a bad defender. He is not a bad defender. And the Timberwolves are actually pretty decent on defense this year. He's become a focal point of their offense once again. He is one of their best. He's their best player on that team. 
And he's having a very good year as well. I mean, last year after what's what was going on with him and the, like people he lost to COVID, I was expecting like a good bounce back year. Now that he's kind of like refreshed and all that, and he's having a fantastic year as well. Um, his num- the numbers are there. The Timberwolves have some sort of success, and he is a big reason of that. He is occupying my last forward spot. I was expecting him, like, especially if he has success and the numbers still backing it up, he could be a perennial all-star in the near future. I think there's going to be um, his first year, or this is his second year. I think this is his second year making the all-star team. Now, the two wildcard positions. Again, this is a tough one. Anthony Davis was, like, a potential for making, like, my final four position, but he was not in consideration for, for the two wildcard spots. And honestly, these are all guards I had to choose from. My three honorable mentions for guard that could possibly get in here. DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray having a career year, basically averaging like 18, 8, and 8 or something like that. Um, he's having a fantastic year for the Spurs. The Spurs have not been as bad as we thought they were. And he has been the best player on that team, doing it extremely well on both ends of the court. He was definitely in the running. Damien Lillard, I mean, he's just one of those guys where it's like, it's the legacy vote. He's been there like um, how many times now? I think like like six or seven seasons in the All-Star game. He was kind of a staple, but him like missing out with injury and now that he might miss out the whole year, I don't think he's going to be able to make it. Shea Gildas-Alexander. Um, my only concern with him is that, yes, he definitely has a has like a case for him, but last year was better, and he still couldn't make it last year, unfortunately. I think that he's kind of regressed this year like in terms of numbers, but he's still a fantastic player. It's still the best player in the Thunder. You could definitely make the case for him. But honestly, there's two just key, like just 200% people here for the wildcard um, spots. So I'm like, yeah, these two have to be in. First one being Chris Paul. The second Suns player um, in in the All-Star game for me. Um, the numbers, you look at the numbers, averaging 14 points a game, 10.1 assists, 4 rebounds, 47% from the field. Kind of low from 3 at 32% and 83% at the line, which is actually kind of low for Chris Paul as well, who's who we're accustomed to seeing him being a 90% free throw shooter. But his impact on the Suns is second to none. He's still a great defensive point guard. He is just, like I, like I mentioned earlier, he gets these big men paid. The Andre Aiden, 17-11 career year. JaVale McGee, one of the best backup centers in the league, and he also helped Bismack Biyombo get a contract. This impact is still like, oh, like huge, like huge for the Suns on both ends of the court, helping improve that team in every aspect. He is the ultimate point guard. He is the ultimate leader. I talk about Chris Paul, especially like over the last like seven, eight months now, because of how much the success he's helped brought to the Phoenix Suns organization. And just continuing this year, and there's no doubt in my mind he's gonna he's 100 gonna make the All Star team this year. And then for the final wild card spot, this guy is gonna be a perennial All Star. Is he kind of having a, a kind of down year? Yes, but he's starting to pick it back up, and his team success is finally gonna is starting finally to pick up as well. There's his team is on a six game winning streak. This guy, I mean. It's Luka Magic, man. Luka Doncic occupies my final wild card spot, averaging 25 points a game, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 44% from the field, 32% from 3, 72% at the line. I mean, it's Luka. It's Luka Doncic. He's still the number one guy there in Dallas. He kind of started off slow um, this year, but he's starting to pick it up. The team is finally having some success at number 5 in the West, 22-18 record. Luka Doncic is just that guy, and... The fact that like even though he's kind of missed some games, he's actually played only 25 games this year. <laughs> I mean, compared to even people like the Paul Georges and the um, Jimmy Butlers. But he's healthy right now. He's definitely playing more games. It's great to see him out on the court. It's 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 Luka Doncic. I mean, there's need I say more. He does so much for that team, and is the focal point of what they do. 
And like uh, on the offensive end, we know how good Luka Doncic is. Even though it's kind of a down year for him, it's still not enough for me to take him out of the All-Star game. Give me Luka Doncic to fill out that final wildcard spot. But yeah, um, quick recap of all the reserves I have in the East. Trey Young and James Harden at the guard positions. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Jared Allen filling up the forwards. And, my, and then my two wild cards, Fred Van Vliet and LaMelo Ball. In the West, we got Donovan Mitchell and, and Devin Booker as the reserve backcourt. Then we got Draymond Green, Paul George, and Carl Anthony Towns filling out the forward positions. And then my two wild card spots, Luka Doncic and Chris Paul. Agree or disagree, let me know down below. I would like to hear your reserves, even your starters, because they haven't even been announced yet, but let me know what you guys think. Agree or disagree, let me know down below. Drop a like and all that good stuff. I'll DM me on Instagram. I could definitely um, debate this stuff with you there for sure as well. But yeah, I think that's working on today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, subscribe if you're on YouTube. And hope, remember to hit the notification bell so you won't not miss an episode. And remember to follow TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for some great content and to get updates on the podcast. I'm going to be back next week to talk about my mid-season awards because we are basically at the midway point of the season. And yeah, just excited to um, get more um, NBA content out there for you. Thank you guys for all the support and I hope to continue this going on on a weekly basis. And just excited to watch more NBA basketball because we're getting into that season where trade talk season, midseason awards, um, all-star snubs and all that coming up soon. It's going to be a lot of stuff for great content, and I'm excited to provide that for you going forward. But yeah, this is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for all the support. Hope you have a fantastic day. This is TV signing out. Take it easy, guys. Peace.